0: Joseph Stanley here with Rooted27, a podcast ministry of Red House Baptist Church. Joseph Stanley here with Rooted27, a podcast ministry of Red Mm -hmm. House Baptist Church. And we have uh, Shamo behind the camera. I just want to kind of review back over the meaning behind our name rooted to seven this is our third episode and you may have already watched a few but just in case this is your first time we're based on colossians 2 7 which encourages us to be rooted in christ and for us to be building our lives upon him so that we can have our faith become more established and so that we can be encouraged in our faith in our walk with christ so our desire here is for you to be uh become more rooted in Christ for your life to become more grounded in him so that you can continue to build your life upon him speaking of that we want to make sure we're being gospel centered so we want to be sharing the gospel in this ministry and uh, teaching theologically sound doctrine and we also want to be encouragement to you and uh, teaching you things that you can apply to your life which can be uh, beneficial to you as you go about your daily life as we live in difficult days and we definitely need some encouragement from the Word of God uh, as we live our lives and face various circumstances. We're joined by Brother Dwayne, and if you would like to
1: introduce yourself and tell us uh, what you do here at Red House. Uh, my name is DeWayne Abrahamson, and I am the Minister of Students and Recreation here at Red House Baptist Church. I've been here since September uh, 2008, so over a little uh, 12 years now. 12 years? 12 years. And you're married
0: to Joni, and you have two... Yes, uh,
1: my wife is uh, Joni, and uh, we met uh, in seminary at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, married in 2000, actually having a 20-year anniversary on November the 18th. Uh, It is possible. So (laughs) I have uh, two teenage boys. Uh, Aaron is uh, 18, and he's going to Asbury University, and uh, we have a younger son, Luke who is 16 and in the 10th grade, and he just got his driver's permit yesterday. Oh, wow. So two teenage boy drivers. <laughs> so if you'd like to donate to the Dwayne Abrahamson Teenage Driving Fund, <laughs> please let me know. <laughs>
0: that would be fun for sure. <laughs> it <yeah>. be fun. <laughs> Take us back to uh, you growing up and when you
1: got saved, and tell us a little bit about your testimony. Well, I grew up in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, I grew up in a, in a Christian home. And uh, I used to tell people when I gave my testimony I had a drug problem. Uh, I was drugged to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Uh, I was there when the doors were open. Revivals it didn't matter, we were always at church. Uh, and at the age of nine, uh, our church showed a movie called Thief in the Night. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Thief in the Night, but it's, uh, it's a trilogy. Uh, that was one of the, the movies in that trilogy about the rapture and what takes place after the rapture and Armageddon. And so I was nine years old watching that movie on a Sunday night, and uh, there were people being left behind, and the world was in chaos. And I was like, "I don't want to be left behind." Yeah, so, <laughs> so I was—I mean, I was literally scared to death. Yeah. So I went forward and, and prayed the prayer. Uh, but then, over the next eight years or so, God just showed me that I really did make a commitment to Him. And I continued going to church. I was in Sunday school. Uh, I was—you know—I was, uh, you know, I was all, all new to the scriptures. I memorized the scriptures. Mm-hmm. I was the first one chosen for, you know, Bible trivia. I knew, I knew all that. But even though I knew of Jesus, I really didn't know Jesus. And uh, as people have said in the past, I had head knowledge, but I didn't have the heart knowledge. And then in July of 1988, right after I graduated from high school, there was a family that came. and They did a drama on, uh, about heaven. And that night, God got a hold of my heart and said, you don't know me. And you're not going to heaven. And so I went forward. Uh, I had to swallow some pride because I, I knew everybody in the church. They, they knew me as this good Christian kid. And I had to swallow some pride and go forward and say, I need to give my life to Jesus. And my college Sunday school teacher, we went back, and and he said, you know what to do. And so that night, July seventeenth, 1988, I gave my life to Christ and really meant it and, um, and then was baptized a few weeks later. You know, um as you were talking about that, I was thinking,
0: sometimes when we're younger, and as mm-hmm. children for sure, we, mm-hmm. we think, okay, yeah, we're Christians, but we really don't, I'm not saying a child can't be saved, because I believe a child can mm-hmm. become a Christian, but we don't have the knowledge of to surrender, like when you become right. a Christian, you're dedicating right. your life right. to Christ, you're surrendering to Him as Lord, and you're going to give your life to Him, right. to serve Him, however that might be. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes we think, like when you was a child, you got saved, you thought you were saved mm-hmm. because you didn't want to... Miss the rapture? Right. You didn't go to hell. You're like, I'm scared of hell. I'm scared of staying here when the rapture right. comes, so I don't want to do that. Exactly. No, like, exactly. But we don't realize that it comes with a life dedication. Absolutely. And I think a lot of adults don't realize that right. either, honestly. That becoming a Christian isn't just about escaping hell. It's right. About dedicating your life to Jesus Christ right. and saying, "I'm going to surrender my life to You, Lord, and, and You're going to mm-hmm. You use me however You want to."
1: Exactly. And
0: we're not in control anymore. But sometimes it's hard hard for us to do that, and that's where the call to ministry and the call to serving him comes mm-hmm. into place, whether you're a actual formal minister mm-hmm. or not. I think we're all called to serve, but you tell us a little bit about you being called
1: to ministry and, and formal ministry. Well, it's kind of interesting. It started at, even before I got saved. Uh, growing up, my, uh, my grandfather in Iowa, who uh, I don't think was a Christian at the time, uh, he, he called me his little preacher boy. And I was like, why are you calling me <laughs> preacher boy? <Yeah. laughs> and I would ask my mom all kinds of questions about the pastor. You know, how much does he get paid? And and who pays for the? And now I know how much they get yeah. paid. <laughs> and no, so, yeah. but I would have had all these questions. I had people telling me, you know, God's going to call you to the ministry. And that was even before I got saved. Uh, but then after I got saved in July 17th, 1988, right after high school, about six months later, I went to college I chose to major in uh, chemical engineering uh, because I love math, I love science, especially chemistry, and I thought that would be a a good combination. But April 30th of 1989, I'll never forget it, uh, we were meeting in the gym, building a new sanctuary. We had a Lord's Supper service, and the service ended with a hymn, uh, the invitation song, uh, I Surrender All. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I heard God speak to me and say, I want you to surrender to the ministry. And so I didn't even pause, I didn't even think about it. I went forward, I told my pastor, he prayed with me, and that night I surrendered, uh, yielded my life to to full-time Christian service. Wow. So before that, though, was you thinking, you never had the thought of taking a
0: career path? Where was your career path going at that point?
1: Well, my desire, and I emphasize my desire, Mm -hmm. was to be a chemical engineer. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was my desire. And even after I made that commitment to ministry, I continued to go to college, University of South Alabama, majored in in chemical engineering. Uh, But while I was at South Alabama, I was very involved with Baptist Campus Ministry. In fact, that was a lifesaver for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was my second home. In fact, I probably spent more time at the BCM than I did at my own home. Uh, But I met a lot of great friends and had some great campus ministers. and, and, uh, And so I continued on the career path of chemical engineering. I kind of put my commitment to Christ for full-time service in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to do chemical engineering because it's great pay. It was the highest paying job coming out of college. I mean, it was, you know, I had all these ideas of, you know, of dream job and dream car and nice house and all that. Um, But when I graduated, I graduated in 1994. I crammed six into four. So And what I did was, I couldn't pay for college, so what I did, I co opt, I'd work a quarter and go to school a quarter. Now most colleges are on semesters, but back then it was quarter. So I'd work at a chemical plant for a quarter in my field, and mm-hmm. then I'd go to school. So I was able to pay for college. And so it took me a little longer. And when I came out in 1994, the engineering market had bottomed out. If I would graduated two years earlier, there were jobs to be had anywhere you wanted. But when I graduated in ninety four, there were hardly any jobs. Uh, I had interviews, I sent resumes, second interviews, all this stuff, nothing. It was like crickets. I heard nothing. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And so I was still involved with the BCM. And so I went to a student conference and the pastor that spoke on one particular night spoke about God's will for your life. And he said, if you're not in the center of God's will, you're going to be miserable. Basically was his message. And God said, that's you. And so we had small group time with our campuses and I went back and we were praying and I said, I need to talk to my campus, I need to talk to you. And he talked to me. He said, well, you need to do what God's told you to do. Mm-hmm. And he said, you need to go to seminary too. And I never even thought about seminary. I grew up independent Baptist. Uh, BCM is sponsored by Southern yeah. Baptist. Yeah. And so uh, so he he is the one who really helped me and encouraged me to pursue my calling. And, uh, mm-hmm. and because of him... Uh, I did wind up in seminary, and I went to Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Before that, I thought about joining the Air Force. I thought about doing all kinds of things. And I almost joined the Air Force if it wasn't for a member of our church who offered me a a position that paid decent, not great, uh, in his civil engineering firm. And it was because of him that I was able to save some money and go to seminary. And so in January of 1996, I pulled out of my driveway with my four-tempo-packed uh, no dream car, no dream job. In <laughs> fact, all my belongings in my four tempo, which broke down on the way to seminary. Wow. Uh, but I, I went to seminary at Southwestern, and um, that was a, that was a great experience. And and when I was at seminary, I almost dropped out. Sure. Uh, it, there was a point where after almost my at the end of my first year, I I pretty much ex, you know all my funds were, were gone. But seminary is not cheap, as you well yeah. know. It's expensive. And so I was working at a rubber stamp company making, you know, four bucks an hour back then. I think minimum wage back then was like 350 or something, working 20 hours a week, having to pay rent, having to pay for seminary. I just couldn't, uh, I basically run out of fun. I didn't have much well, left. And I really thought about dropping out and maybe, again, joining the Air Force or doing something uh, that I could make some money, save some money, and maybe come back. And I talked to professors and, talked to my my singles minister at the church I was going to, talked to my parents, and and they all said, you need to continue to follow God's will and God will provide. And, and my parents say, we know that you are where God wants you and we'll do whatever it takes to help you uh, stay there. And I was told if you drop out, you won't come back. And so I took all that into consideration. I prayed and I said, okay, God, I'm going to stay here. I don't know how. It's up to you. (laughs) So now you need to do something uh, if I'm going to stay here. And he did. It was incredible. Uh, I wanted to get out of the dorm. I didn't like the dorm life, living in in a dorm. A a guy had posted is looking for a roommate living in a duplex. And so I just took a, a chance. I called him. I said, hey, here you're looking for a roommate. We met. We hit it off. Started rooming with him. Over that summer, he was teaching at a Christian school. Over that summer, he came home and he said, I know you're looking for a job. I know you're trying to figure out what to do. Have you ever thought about teaching? I thought, teach? I've never taught in my life. He said, well, our our school's looking for a math and a science and Bible teacher for high school next year. You may want to check it out. So I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I didn't realize God was going to use my engineering degree full circle. Even though I was disobedient, yeah. he was going to use our deg- the degree I had to help me get through seminary. I went for the interview. It supposed to be a part-time position, only teaching three or four classes. By the time the interview was over with the headmaster, I had a full schedule. And before I went, I told God, this is exactly what I need if you want me to stay in seminary. And I put that figure out there saying, God, this is what I need. Kind of like the fleece with Gideon. And uh, and God, in that interview, it turned to full time. The headmaster put a contract in front of me. And when I looked at the what it was for, it was for the exact amount wow. that I told God I needed. And I was like, here's your, God was like, here's your sign. So, <laughs> so awesome news to
0: me... <laughs> You just go back to when you were first called to ministry. Oftentimes, we're going, we never have an idea we're no. going to be in ministry. You go on a completely different path yes. in life, have completely different career plans, everything you have set up mm-hmm. in your life. You like, this is what I'm going to do. I've right. been ready to this age. and we have got all these plans. And then when you feel God's call taken at your heart, Right. you're like, I can't do that now. No. And it completely changes mm-hmm. the way everything happens in our life. And But oftentimes we say we want God's will. And, we, right. and a lot of young people today, for sure, they're praying for God's will. They want to know what career path, if yes. they should marry, what relationship. Right. We're always searching God's will. But sometimes when we actually get that, you know, God mm-hmm. says, I want you to do this. Then we're like, well, God, I didn't, didn't that was to do That wasn't my plan. Right. It. <laughs> it's like even, uh, you think about this year, a lot of right. people have interrupted plans. Right. A lot of schedules have been marked off. A lot, Everything was uncertain
1: right. for a long time this year. Yeah, I think we want God to approve our will. Right.
0: Then God says no, and that's right. taught me this year, going into the next mm-hmm. year, we can plan, we can schedule, right. we can think about what God wants us to do, Right. but we have to also remember He is God and we're not. Right. God wants our will to be right. His will, not His will. Exactly. So, yeah. And if we're going to come to that place of surrender we talked about earlier, we got to surrender everything over to Him, you know? Right. Like, yeah. like you did with your career path with... Seminary, and then we also mm-hmm. have to trust God to provide. You know, yeah. Matthew 6 says, God, Jesus basically is telling mm-hmm. the disciples, don't worry about your clothes, your right. food, your water, and they says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things, and we provide it for you, essentially. So sometimes I, it's hard to trust that. Right.
1: I think I misspoke. We want His will to be our will, yeah. not our will. His yeah, will. I understand. Because so, <laughs> yeah. Isaiah says, His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and His ways are higher than our ways. So, yeah, definitely. But yeah, I mean, it. It was amazing how God used my engineering background to get this position at this Christian school that I couldn't have gotten if I wouldn't have had the engineering background. So even in my disobedience, God blessed me. God was still taking
0: that all <laughs> things, working, working right, together Right, for absolutely. The good. Even though some, some of it was your
1: flaws, your mistakes, God can still and, put all of that together. And here's another thing that happened through that experience, teaching at that Christian school. To me, it was... It was more than a job. To me, it, would, it turned into a ministry. Mm-hmm. Teaching at a Christian school, it was a ministry. Ministering those students, being able to share the gospel on a daily basis, with them, being able to pray with students. And going to seminary, I thought, I'm going to be a senior pastor. I'm going to study to be a senior pastor. That's, I know that's what God wants me to do. I thought that's what he would call me to do. But it was, it was amazing that, that through teaching in that Christian school, I gained a passion for students, mm-hmm. and it was through that teaching that I gained a passion for student ministry, that I probably wouldn't have gained if I wouldn't have taught in that Christian mm-hmm. school. So when I graduated seminary, and again I cramps uh, five years into three, <laughs> but the uh, there's a pattern there if you haven't noticed. Yeah. But but by teaching, I was able to pay for all my seminary, wow. and also uh, in seminary I, I met my wife Joni and. Uh, October of 1999 playing softball that's the mm-hmm. story in of itself and then uh, we got married in November of, of, of 2000 so because of my delayed obedience or disobedience yeah. <laughs> whichever you want to say uh, God put my my wife uh, in my life as well
0: sometimes so, we think we're going on our like we're behind on time right. like, like man what if I should already went to seminary what if I should have right. pursued a different right. path but then you also have to think look at God's timetable, yes. because yes. when you went to seminary, God prepared you to be a minister of students. God, if yes. you found a wife, and I believe in the providence of God, Absolutely. God put you in that situation right. for specific reasons. I history. could not have orchestrated that. Right, God myself. put all that together, no way. working or playing out for your life. But what would you say to, I say to more to young people, but to anyone who, I know we're saying we're called to be ministers, we're right. called to the ministry, but someone who say their career's a teacher, they're, they're uh principal, they feel like they're going to be a musician, or they might to have a different career path, engineering, even. how can they use that career and still bring glory to God, and still be
1: evangelistic, and, uh, and realizing you don't have to necessarily be a professional minister? Well, Scripture makes it very clear that all Christians are ministers. Paul said that yeah. in Ephesians, I think, chapter 4, maybe verse 11, if I'm not mistaken, maybe in chapter 3, but, but he said that that all, minister, that all Christians are ministers. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, God calls us to be a minister and I think I think people who aren't full- time ministers can sometimes be a more effective witness for Christ than those who who are ministers, mm-hmm. because as a minister, you work at a church, you work at around Christian you're people. Like Christian people yeah. yeah you minister to, to Christian people uh, most of the time. Right. so I think someone who's a teacher, someone who's an engineer or a lawyer, I think through their profession, they can sometimes be a more effective minister for the gospel than those who are working inside uh, the church. And, and I like the idea that, that you're not a teacher who happens to be a Christian. You're a Christian who happens to be a teacher. You're a, a Christian who who happens to be maybe an athlete, or you're a Christian who happens to be a lawyer or a policeman or or an engineer. So you can God can use whatever you're doing for his honor and for his glory and to bring others to him. And I think our life witness is the greatest witness we have. We're not only supposed to to, to know what we believe and say what we believe, we're supposed to show what we believe. If you're a follower of Christ, you're to live for Christ. Yeah. And I I think our greatest witness is our testimony of how we live our lives in front of others. And I think sometimes those that work outside the church have a better opportunity to do that than than even full-time ministers. If if that makes sense, it's more challenging. And people are going to know this. The the world expects pastors to live in a certain way. Yeah. But when they see a lawyer or a doctor or a teacher or even a grocery, it doesn't matter what it is, grocery, it doesn't matter what it is. When they see them living a certain way, they say, why is that person different? Mm-hmm. And when those people allow Jesus to shine through them, what an opportunity, what a testimony.
0: You know, we talked about Christ. that word minister, and you said we're all
1: called yeah, to minister. We're all
0: called. And we sounds like a fancy word, but right. essentially it means serve. Right. right. We're all called to serve. And I think Jesus set that example for us. He served. Mm-hmm. That, that's he came to serve. He served the sick, he served the sinners, he served everyone. Right. And, and even in the end, what was he doing before he went to death? He put on the cross. He washed the disciples' he feet. Was yeah. He was serving. He was serving. He even Judas who would betray him. He right. was serving. Right. So you know, it teaches me, no matter what area of life I'm in, if I'm gonna be a follower of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. We have to be
1: servants. That, that's what our calling is to be. Well, and, and God needs Christians to be teachers. God needs Christians to work in all these different industries. You know, whatever it is, God needs Christians. Because how, how we as pastors can't reach the world for Christ. Christ. It takes every member being a minister, every Christian serving Christ and worshiping Christ to reach the world for Christ. Because there's going to be certain people that I can't reach that somebody else can reach. We have our own circle of influence that we need to reach with the gospel. And and God knows who that is. And that's why he places that specific call in our life. He uses our passion. He uses our gifts uh, for us to fulfill his will for our lives. He wires us differently. He gives us uh, different spiritual gifts. He gives us different talents, different abilities. Not everyone can be an athlete. Exactly. Not not everyone can be a policeman or a firefighter. Not everyone can be a teacher. I mean, so God wires us differently based on the calling that He has for our lives and the purpose He wants us to fulfill. But the greatest purpose is to bring people to Christ. And whatever He calls us to do, mm-hmm. yeah, I think sometimes
0: Christians, you know, they go to church. They're very faithful members. They're very faithful mm-hmm. to come to church Sundays after mm-hmm. Sunday, Wednesday nights even sometimes. But they think it's just for the pastor and the right. Sunday school teachers. Right. Like it's for them to be Christians. It's for mm-hmm. them to share the gospel. It's for them. To be doing all that thing, but not for me. Exactly. But I think, you know, as I've gotten older, I've come to realize that everyone should be into the Word daily. Right. Everyone should be learning from God's Word. Should be studying. Mm-hmm. Be prepared to share the gospel. Right. And not just leave it to that's just the preacher's job. I learned I got my Sunday sermon. That's all mm-hmm. I need. The Sunday sermon is just a taste of what we need. That's just the appetizer for the week. Right. We need the Word in our lives. And the more we're filling ourselves with the Word, the more we're praying, the more we're seeking God's mm-hmm. face. I think it should show if someone's really a believer that they need to be evangelistic. They need right. to be sharing the gospel, whatever sphere they're in. As you said, I remember one preacher said, "Witness where you are." That's right. So if God places right. you, wherever God places you in your life, that's right, you're expected by God to be a witness mm-hmm. for Him. That's right. And it isn't an excuse to say, "Well, I'm not a preacher. I don't need to be doing that." You no, know, even for young people, college students, high school students, we all need to be witnesses yes. for Him. Especially, I think. You got young people today. There's a lot of temptation out there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of expectation to do what is wrong, basically, mm-hmm. by the world. There's a lot of pressure, so it's hard sometimes. What would you say to, to young people now who are living in, in today's world who find it difficult,
1: challenging as Christians to live out their faith? Well, one thing I would say is claim the promises of God. Uh, the world's going to let you down. The world's not going to fulfill you. You may find happiness, you're not going to find joy. It's only Christ that's going to give you true satisfaction and true fulfillment and true meaning and true purpose in life. Apart from Christ, you can't find true meaning and true purpose uh, in life. And I think it's very important for us as Christians to claim God's promises, to know that uh, I was reading this morning in, in Romans chapter 4 where uh, Paul was talking about Abraham and how he believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. But, but Paul also said that Abraham was fully persuaded that God could do what he promised he would do. He had the power to do what he promised and I think if we hold on to God's promises and know that God has the power and can do anything and he can do what he promised to do, I think that should give us uh, encouragement, it should give us confidence and boldness to be able to, to live uh, for Christ. And a couple of verses that that I think are important, and actually it's uh, the one you read earlier, but mm-hmm. but uh, it's, it's Colossians 2, 6 through 8. It says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, Lord, walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. But then he says, be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elemental forces of the world and not based on Christ. He said, if you receive Christ, walk in Christ, live for Christ. And I think, as you said, that's a challenge in today's world because there are so many distractions. There are so many uh, temptations. But Jesus said, walk in me. And the way you do that, he said, is you you have me as your foundation. And I think a lot of times our culture, especially Gen Z and and millennials, Mm -hmm. uh, their foundation is not Christ. Their foundation actually is their phone, is social media. That's, that's where they get their truth from, and it's, it's been and proven that, that they think truth comes from their phone, from social media, from the Internet. That's where right, they get their truth. Expectations, their expectation, Their expectations, exactly. uh, popularity. And Scripture says, yeah, yeah. Christ says, no, be built up in me. Be, build your life on me. Build your life on my word. And, and uh, Paul said, I think First Corinthians 3.11, he said, there's no other foundation that's been laid than that which is Christ Jesus. There is no other uh, foundation. All the other foundations are going to crumble. And, and Jesus is the one we're supposed to build our lives upon. He tells us why we're to build our lives upon. Because if we don't, we can be taken away by the philosophy and by the culture of the world if we're not careful. And then uh, another verse that I've used with our graduates, that I think is, is a, a great verse, uh, is Deuteron- or, yeah, Deuteronomy 31.8. It says, The Lord is the one who will go before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid or discouraged that's a great
0: one for evangelists absolutely the The lord's
1: the one in some translations say who will go who will personally go before Mm -hmm. you so god is personally going before us and if god is going before us and we know that he is is with us as paul said who can be against us if if god is with us and god is for us so i think if we can claim the promises of god i think we can stay committed to God, knowing that He's going to be true to His Word and if we build our lives as well. we can God. have the courage that we need. Absolutely. Because yeah, it does take courage in yeah. this culture to live for Christ.
0: I want to ask you something, a little bit about uh, your ministries here okay. at the church, because we're speaking of high schoolers and right. college students being bold in their faith right. and uh, being uh, able to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. But what, what ministries are we offering here at the church? What are we doing for uh, high
1: schoolers, college students? Uh, well, my ministry is, is Youth in College and Recreation, but Youth in College is my student ministry here. And we start 6th through 12th grade. We have the basic thing that the most churches have. We have Sunday school on Sunday mornings. Uh, and Wednesday nights for our, our youth, we have Wednesday night worship called Thrive Worship based on John fifteen five, where Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. We want students to, to thrive, to flourish in their relationship with Christ and with others. And that that's the goal of our, our, our student ministry is for people to, to know Christ, to love Christ, to live for Christ, to share Christ. That's what we want them to do. And um, and so we also, uh, we do a lot of other events. Now, COVID has kind of taken the energy Sorry. out of a lot of that. Canceled. Uh, it canceled a lot of that. Uh, but like this past Saturday night, we had a bonfire, had like 25 youth and s- several adults for a bonfire here at the church. Uh, we're coming up to a youth fall retreat November 20th to the 21st. It's going to be different. Normally we go away when, uh, you know, we've been to Ohio, we've been to Indiana, we've been to different places. Uh, but this year we will have it at church on our Friday and Saturday night, November 20th to the 21st. And if you'd like to go to the Youth Fall Retreat, there's a link on our webpage that you can go to to sign up. It's also in the parent email. The cost is only $20 for that two-day event. Uh, but we are going to be talking in that retreat how to claim the promises of God. Uh, because we think it's important for students to claim those promises, so they can. If you can't claim the promises of God, you can't live for God.
0: You got to know them. You got to
1: know them too, yeah. and we're going to talk about how do you know the God's promises? How how can you live out God's promises in your life and claim them? So I would encourage any student from sixth to twelfth grade to have their parents sign them up, and uh, so that's that's one of our big events that we usually have during. Uh, the fall, and, and uh, unfortunately we can't go away like we normally do, but we, we're still gonna have the same elements of worship and small group Bible study and and a few activities and things like that, and uh, and so that's kind of the structure of our, our student ministry: is Sunday morning, uh, Wednesday night. Right now we are doing a Sunday night Bible study. We've been doing this fall. Uh, this one is called "Jesus Among Secular Gods," and has like two or three weeks left by Z- Robbie Zacharias, great Christian apologist, talking about how all these other world worldviews are yeah. incorrect, how they're how the only worldview that makes sense is, is Christianity. And we're also studying kind of that on Wednesday nights, talking about how Christianity is the only reasonable faith and rational faith and how these other cults and, and uh, other people who claim uh, God, how, how their beliefs are irrational based on what the Scripture says is, is true. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're trying to really ground our students to root them in God's Word, and, and help them to see how they can defend their faith. How how they can know just not what they believe. Why do they believe it? Why why do we say Jesus is God? How do you refute someone who says Jesus isn't God? How do you how do you refute that? It's easy, like to, that. it's easy to say yes. while you're in a church. Yes, out, in the how world, world do you do it. And you're sharing the gospel, hard? Absolutely. If you don't know the right. answers, and you never how, how do you know the resurrection's real? Things right. like that. So that's kind of what we do in our youth ministry. We normally have events once a month, and we do. We also do mission trips in the summer, which we could do this summer, but mm-hmm. hoping next summer. We do local ministries. We're actually going to start trying to work back with Grace now, mm-hmm. a local, local food pantry, and so we try to work with Sunrise Children's Home, things like that. So we have a lot going on normally with our students, and we're trying to get back into some of those things as well. For our college ministry. Uh, right now, we're offering Sunday school at 9:15. Uh, I know that's early for college students, uh, but we do have a contingency that that's coming on Sunday morning, and, and we would love for any college student to join us uh, for that. Uh, we are going to begin starting some some new things from our college students. I met a, with a couple of our college students on Wednesday night. They wanted to meet and talk about how could we enhance our college ministry. Uh, Jared Isaacs and Caitlin Colliver, who are both great, great. Uh, Christian college students who love God, they're passionate about God, they want to see college students come to know Christ, very involved with Baptist campus ministry, and I think Jake has done a fantastic job with the BCM at EKU and trying to ground those students in the Word and get them plugged into churches. But what we want to do with that college ministry is, uh, starting this Wednesday night, I think, uh, they're going to come and play volleyball here at the church from 8 o'clock to who knows when, uh, they're just going we uh, have fellowship we're going yeah. yeah, to try to get them into church into the church into the building, try to build relationships with them. so that's going to be every Wednesday night at least while the semester's going on. I think it ends first week of December, but over the next few weeks have them come and play volleyball. Uh, we're going to try to get back to having our college lunches. We used to have college lunches yeah, once a month, yes, yeah. but covid took that out as well, but we're going to try to do them here at the church. Uh, maybe have prepackaged food, but maybe have a devotional or some kind of uh, get-to-know-you activity, or, or some just again build those relationships with those college students. And uh, and then we also uh, there was one other thing uh, that we're going to do, and it slips my mind right now. But oh, uh, we're going to do a, a Christmas brunch. And we're hoping uh, the first Sunday in December here. Uh, maybe normally we do it during Sunday school, but since not many are coming to Sunday school because it's 9:15, and we. We're hoping to maybe catch more of them with that Christmas brunch on Sunday, December the 6th, following the, the church service. So those are just a few of the things that we're trying to do to enhance our college ministry. And uh, and so we're trying to, to give those students a place to plug in. And even if they just came to worship and they came to these other activities, at least they're in church and we're building relationships. Sometimes we got to change. Ministry from what we want it to look like to what's going to be most effective I think this year college for sure. students. Absolutely. You've got to think outside the box. I yeah. think, well, we'll just offer Sunday school if they don't come. Oh, well, then that's on them. But maybe we need to think about offering some things that, that they would come to that would maybe fit their schedule. To be uh, intentional. And be intentional yeah. about it. So, kind of thinking outside the box, what can we do to get college students to come, at least come to worship and then maybe build those relationships with them? And then maybe they'll start filtering. Uh, To Sunday school or, or if you think
0: back to your testimony you shared earlier, those college students having fellowship and relationships with Christians is essential for their lives. That is essential. Absolutely. Find God's will and realize and
1: and And, trust the Word. And many college students are not going to come to church at nine fifteen for for Sunday school or Bible. I remember I was a college student barely get to class, barely get to class. Yeah. (laughs) So, so we're trying to think what can we do differently to attract. College students who are looking, we're not trying to take college students from other churches. Mm-hmm. We want to, those students who don't have a church, don't claim a church, we want to give them an opportunity to to check us out, try to build relationships with them and be intentional uh, with them. That's definitely good. Because there are a lot of good churches in the area who are ministering to college students. Yeah. We just want to offer another opportunity for students who, who aren't plugged into a church to maybe plug into a church. There's
0: a lot of students there to There's be a lot of students out. to yeah. be spread yeah. out, absolutely. We can minister to for That's sure. That's right. We appreciate you being on today and, uh, telling about your testimony and sharing what's different thoughts of what's going on here at the church. Mm-hmm. And uh, we appreciate all the work that you do for our church and for being on today. Well, thank you for us. having
1: me, Joseph. I appreciate it.
0: And, uh, I just want to say thank you all for listening today. And I thought of a quote I heard by a missionary, William Carey, who said, if you want to know God's will, you need an open Bible and an open map. So as you read God's <laughs> word and as you allow God to direct you, we can find God's will and, uh, Continue to follow him so we'll fulfill his purpose for us in our lives but uh, if if you don't already go to our uh, website redhousebc.com or you can also stay connected with us through social media we're on facebook instagram and twitter as well so you can get all of our updates and hear our latest episodes for rooted to seven and we just hope that you will continue to stay grounded and rooted in christ as you go about your life